Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. For the Night Report news team, stay tuned for the CBS Radio Mystery Theater following immediately in our next news at 12 midnight. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... find it upsetting, well, human nature is not always pleasant, is it? No, it is fallible, credulous, often envious, and reeking with treachery. Greedy, vain, lascivious, vengeful. Oh, the list is endless. Nevertheless, it's the nature we've been endowed with, and we must do what we can with it. And as we shall soon see, the things we choose to do are often not very pretty. Is everything in readiness, Jensen? Everything is just as you ordered, Mr. Chalmers. I knew I could rely on you. Will your guests be staying long, Mr. Chalmers? Only for the weekend. But that should be quite long enough. Our mystery drama, Death is a Woman... Written especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Gordon Heath. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Before we begin our story of human nature, let me quote you a few lines from the great English poet William Blake. Cruelty has a human heart. And jealousy, a human face. Terror, the human form divine. And secrecy, the human dress. Now pay close attention, if you please, to the tale we have chosen to call Death is a Woman. Shall I close the library shutters, Mr. Thomas? What for? I only wonder, sir, the sound of the sea... If you took your daily nap upstairs in your bedroom, it would be quieter. Why do you think I moved here, Jensen, if not for the sound of the sea? Hey, well, sir. The mighty Pacific at my feet, hurling itself furiously at the rocks, trying to wear them down. Yes, sir. Night and day, night and day. And seemingly having nothing to show for its exertions exhausting itself. Yet, the rocks remain. Yes, sir. But we know, Jensen, do we not, that what I have just said is not the truth at all. We know that, don't we? Would you care to elucidate, Mr. Chalmers? We know that the ocean is tireless, inexhaustible, unrelenting, eternal, merciless. We know that don't we? Yes, sir. We know that in reality, beyond our mortal vision, the rocks are giving way, wearing down, surrendering little bits of themselves each day, each hour. 
We know that inexorably the ocean will triumph. You and I know that. Don't we, Jensen? Yes, we know that, Mr. Chalmers. Perhaps you'd best close the shutters before I soliloquize myself into a state of morbidity. Yes, sir. Something I am prone to do. And something I should not do when I am expecting guests. I haven't told you who my guests are, have I, Jensen? Uh, two gentlemen, you said, sir. Two old friends. Though I haven't laid eyes on either one for 20 years or more. Nor either of them on each other, so far as I know. Then this weekend will be in the nature of a reunion, you might say? Precisely. In point of fact, the three of us were college classmates. Oh? Norman was the brightest of the three. Emery was rather a dolt, as I remember. I stood somewhere in between. But how on earth have you kept track of them, Mr. Chalmers, all these years? Have you written to them from time to time? Rung them up on the telephone? No, no. The most I've ever done was send a card at Christmas. Something very formal, as I myself tend to be, I'm afraid. A pine tree and some acorns and seasons, greetings and gold, that sort of thing. Yes, but how did you know where to send the cards? Oh, I've kept track of the two men through the years. But how, sir? Oh... There are ways if one is interested. Neither one ever sent me a Christmas card. At first I was put out about that, but then I got used to it. I went right on sending them cards. Except for those two years. Yes, well, now, Mr. Jalmers, will you and your friends want to dine on the terrace, do you think? I will certainly have drinks out there. Did you buy tons of caviar, I hope? Five pounds, Mr. Chalmers. They'll be here for two nights only? Tonight and tomorrow night. I expect by Sunday they'll be as bored with me as I with them. After all, nostalgia has its limits, doesn't it? Do you think the gentleman will care for champagne before dinner, Mr. Chalmers? Care for? I should think they'd lust after it. But I only thought so. I have the finest champagne cellar in the country. They're lucky to get it. Quite right, sir. Of course, if either wants some cretinous mixed drink, let him have it. But I don't think either of them will. They're both men of substance, accustomed to living with refinement. Oh, I might as well give you their names. Mr. Norman Whitehead. He fusses about with stocks and bonds and things in New York. And Mr. Emery Blaine. He owns herd after herd after herd of cattle in Texas. Norman Whitehead will probably be tall and rather ascetic looking. Mr. Emery Blaine may be plumpish. Now, if you'll excuse me, Mr. Chalmers, I'll check on how Cook is coming along with the capons. Ah, yes, the capons. With the ocean stuffing... And the fresh asparagus and the brandied peaches. I supervise everything, sir. And I'll have time to squeeze in a little nap. Awake me the second either of my guests arrives, will you, Jensen? Of course, sir. Norman will probably get here first. Norman was always the punctual one. 
Then Emery will come bouncing in. Rest easy, sir. Tardy as usual. By Sunday, they'll both be gone. Mr. Chalmers. Mr. Chalmers, sir. What? What is it? Uh, sorry to interrupt your nap, sir, but Mr. Norman Whitehead has arrived. Oh, he has. He has. Well, where is he? In the hall, sir. I asked him to wait while I wakened you from your nap. Oh, send him in. Send him in. Yes, sir. Right away. Uh, do I look all right? Oh, you look fine, sir. Will you come into the library, please? Norman. Norman Whitehead. Gregory, well, well. You're really here. I had a hell of a time getting here. I don't mind telling you. Oh, Lord, I should have sent the station wagon for you. Simply didn't think of it. I'm sorry. It's just that I'm known around here. I mean, nobody knows me personally. It takes time to get acquainted. But everybody knows about me taking this house and what I did with it. <laughs> Such a weird place, I mean, it's it's beautiful and all that. But... I've made it beautiful. But uh, perched way up here? Do you know I had to take a jeep from the village? Taxi from the airport, but then a jeep. There wasn't a taxi would try to navigate these roads. How thoughtless of me. I so seldom go to the village. What do you do way out here? Rest, read, listen to the ocean. When Emery gets here, we'll go out on the terrace. Then you really see the ocean in all its savage glory. I try to understand what it's telling me. And uh, what is it telling you? I haven't yet comprehended it. Beg pardon, Mr. Chalmers. Which bedroom do you wish Mr. Whitehead to occupy? I'll take his luggage up. The green room, Jensen. Very good, sir. I think you like the green room, Norman. Of course, it's not on the ocean... There's only one bedroom that overlooks the ocean, and that's mine. I couldn't give it up. Oh, heavens, I wouldn't ask you to. Not just because it overhangs the ocean. Well, I'm not sure I'd want to overhang the ocean. No, because of the painting. Painting? Uh, you, you, you said painting? I bought this house just as I found it, you know. Furnished from top to bottom. From an elderly couple who couldn't cope any longer with the inconveniences, such as a coal stove, kerosene lamps. But they had exquisite taste, or should I say exquisite ancestors. Most of the pieces, I believe, are heirlooms and, well, you can see, the best of the Victorian period before it began to degenerate. And you got rid of the coal stove and the kerosene lamps? I got a kerosene stove, but kept the lamps. <laughs> Period stuff, of course. No. I kept them because I like them. Have you ever read by the light of a kerosene lamp? You mean there's no electricity? Only kerosene lamps and candles. Such a soft, warm glow. Very comforting. Nothing like it. You see. What do you do for ice cubes? My dear Norman, has no one told you there was a time when no one had ice cubes? Cubes. They had an ice box and an ice pick. And that's what I have. Every day, Jensen takes the station wagon to the village and brings back a large hunk of ice and puts it in the ice box. 
And when we need ice, he chips some off with an ice pick. Much simpler than emptying ice trays. Oh, yeah, I suppose it would work. Oh, it does, it does. Yeah. Well, let's get back to the, uh, the painting. Uh, the painting in my bedroom. A very ordinary painting, really. The figure of a woman, partly nude, but made modest by some sort of vapor or mist. She seems to be emerging from the sea. Oh, could she be Venus? Now, she could be Venus. She's beautiful enough. But I don't think she is. Because she talks to me. Talks to you? I think I'm the one she's talking to. After all, I'm the only one in the room. It's my room. Well, uh, what does she say? I can't always make it out. There are times when she seems to just sort of... A sort of croon to me. You, you... You said croon. The way a mother would. Well, there must be some times when she says something. Oh, yes. There are those times, too. Well, what does she say? Now, Norman, you wouldn't expect me to tell you. Gregory, uh, do me an enormous favor, will you? Of course. Let me occupy your bedroom tonight. Let you occupy my bedroom? Whatever for? Well, I... I'd just like to see if this uh, woman would uh, talk to me. She doesn't give tips on the stock market, Norman. Oh, I wasn't thinking of anything like that. Then what were you thinking of? Uh, Gregory, uh, my wife has left me. Oh, really? Fifteen years Evelyn and I were married. And... Six months ago, she left me for another man. Have you any idea who... No. No, I, I don't want to know. I, I think I'd kill him. And that's why you want to sleep in my bedroom? With my painting? Well, I... Uh, I think the sound of a woman's voice, any woman's voice, even an imaginary one, even a voice simply crooning to me. <laughs> I think it would help. I can't promise anything. Oh, no, of course you can't. But, uh, let, let me sleep there. Just tonight. Well... Excuse me, sir. Mr. Emery Brain has arrived, Mr. Chalmers. Oh, show him in, Jensen. Give him the blue room. Oh, and Jensen... Transfer Mr. Whitehead's things to my bedroom, will you? Yes, sir. Would you come in, please, Mr. Blaine? Greg, you old son of a gun. What the heck kind of a weird place is this you bought yourself? There's no accounting for tastes, as the old woman said when she kissed the pig. That used to be a popular aphorism when I was a whole lot younger. But Gregory Chalmers' weird house sounds quite attractive to me, with candles and lamps and no ice cubes, and a painting in the bedroom that talks to the sleeper in the bed. I'll return shortly with Act Two.
rather odd, possibly effete, Mr. Gregory Chalmers lives in a house high above the Pacific Ocean. A house as unusual as its owner, since it is without electricity. And in the master bedroom, so he claims, hangs a picture of a woman which talks to him by night. To this house, for a weekend visit, he has invited two friends, Norman Whitehead and Emery Blaine. This is the first meeting of the three since their college days. Better than 20 years previous. Out here, Emery. On the terrace. Oh, I wondered where... Hey. How about this? Breakfast in the open air. Fantastic. Serve yourself. Oh, what is this, a banquet? I like a buffet breakfast. Everyone should have a variety of choices first thing in the morning, don't you think? Well, I do now. Hey, look at this. Everything in chafing dish. A necessity if one is to eat by the sea. Say, uh, what? Baked bananas. Mushrooms stuffed with hamburgers. Fabulous. There are smelts, manier. German pancakes is fantastic. Why not start with a jellied melon slice or some fresh figs with cream? Wow, I'm going off my diet with a crash. I didn't know you were on one. Well, here and there, now and then, you know. Truth is, I've been on a very strict diet till right now. But I'm going to take off 20 pounds. I made up my mind. Some special reason? Well, yes. See... I've met a girl. Woman, I should say. She's 30-something. Since my wife died, I've been uh, playing the field, you know what I mean? Lots of women, but never one woman. One woman is the only way to go, don't you think? Never having been married, I'm not the one to ask. Well, it's the truth. And I found her. In Acapulco, of all places. We were staying at the same hotel. What's this, cough cake? Filled with nuts and things. I'm just going to take a little piece. <laughs> You're going to need a walk on the beach after all that. Well, I don't know. Well, it looks nice down there. How'd you get to it? Down those steps. Oh, boy. Ooh, I'd never make it down those steps. Well, maybe down, but never back up. <laughs> uh, must be a hundred of them. A hundred and two. Not for me. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Norman. Wait till you see what's set out for breakfast. Oh, just some orange juice and coffee for me. Oh, man, you're sick. I mean, you are really sick. Oh, on the contrary, I never felt better in my life. Never in my entire life. You slept well, Norman? Oh, better than that. What could be better? You'll never know, Emery. You'll never know. Gregory, you were right about kerosene lamps. They cast a... Well, a kind of a magic glow over everything. Everything softens and becomes... Well, kindly and benign. Jensen washes the mantles every day with soap suds and ammonia. Norman, I just suggested a walk on the beach to Emery, but he turned me down. I uh, couldn't take the idea of 102 steps. How about you, Norman? Oh, let's go, let's go. I have a lot to tell you. 
positively sensational. Look at those waves. The sea never changes, and its works, for all the talk of men, are wrapped in mystery. Uh, what's that? Something you wrote? No. Joseph Conrad wrote that. He knew a lot about the sea. Other things, too. Must read him sometime. You should. What I should do is live in a place like this. They're hard to find. It's not just the sea and the kerosene lamps. It's... Well, the great thing is the painting. Oh. You liked it. Oh, Gregory, it worked for me the way it works for you. Is that so? I could hardly believe it. I thought it might. It started off just the way you said. Just a low, soft crooning, like a... Well, like a lullaby. You know what I mean. Oh, yes. It made me sleepy. Actually sleepy. But at the same time, I... I was so excited. Understand? Oh, yes. Then I... I began to distinguish words. Dearest. Beloved. I uh, am not embarrassing you, am I? Not in the least. Because I, I, I don't usually uh, talk about these things. What things? Well, love and uh, things like that. Uh, love was the word that made me almost jump out of bed when, when the painting said love. Imagine that. And then I heard, I love you. Then, forever. Always. And then, clear as a bell, I heard, you are the only one. Imagine. The only one. The only one. Over and over. Well, you, you know what it means, don't you, Gregory? Oh, I don't. Well, it means she's coming back to me. Your wife? Of course. Evelyn is coming back to me. She loves me. She always has and she always will. I'm the only man in the world for her. Oh, what a wonderful place this is. up from your nap, Mr. Chalmers. Oh, thank you, gentlemen. Feeling all right, sir? Fine. Fine. Good. Uh, how's the weekend going so far? Very well, I should say. Mr. Whitehead has a good appetite for luncheon. I dare say it was the walk on the beach that did it. That was part of it, anyway. Open the shuttles, will you, Jensen? I need to hear the sound of the ocean. It steadies me. Yes, sir. So gladly, from the songs of modern speech, men turn and see the stars and feel the free, shrill wind beyond the close of heavy flowers. And through the music of the languid hours, they hear the ocean. Gregory. Greg. In here, Emery. In the library. Thank you, Jensen. Not at all, sir. 
finished with your nap? All finished. Jensen wouldn't let me disturb you. Ah, Jensen takes very good care of me. I saw him come in here, so I thought it'd be all right. Perfectly all right. Where'd you ever find him, anyway? Oh, picked him up in San Francisco. I was there for a couple of years. We got to know each other. Uh, Greg, listen. Uh, while you were taking your nap, well, I have to tell you, I made a lot of phone calls. And when your bill comes in, it may be kind of a shock. You'll see a lot of long-distance calls. They're mine. Oh, I'll remember that. I don't make many calls myself. You send me the bill. I shall. I was trying to reach that girl when I was telling you about at breakfast. Oh, that girl. Yeah. Uh, the one you want to settle down with. I tried all over. Acapulco, Houston, New York, London, every place I could think of. All the hotels. Actually, I just missed her in Acapulco. They said she'd been there, but she left. And they didn't know where she'd gone. Uh, what's for dinner? I'm ravenous. Jensen stepping up on the terrace. We'll have champagne and watch the sunset. I believe he's ordered us some French fried artichokes along with some lobster ravigo. That should hold us until the gaudy, blabbing, and remorseful day is crept into the bosom of the sea. Shakespeare, King Henry VI, Part Two, Act Three. Oh, you've certainly done a lot of reading, Greg. I've had very little else to do. Ah, uh, ah, uh, what's for dinner? Roast duck, I believe, with wild rice and mushroom stuffing. Fantastic, really super. And uh, after dinner, uh, what do we do for entertainment? Oh, anyone for bridge? Well, three-handed bridge isn't much of a game. Jensen might be willing to join us for a few rubbers. Jensen? Jensen plays bridge? Oh, yes. You played with him? Many times. Many, many times. Well, it's all right with me. Oh, it's okay with me. Then it's settled. Shall we go out on the terrace? The sun is sending up departure signals, and the champagne is cooling. rubber. We've beaten you and Emery badly, Gregory. Let's see. Um, have a center point? Uh, oh, it really adds up. Uh, quite a bridge player, Jensen. Jensen has many talents. Not immediately apparent. Well, is it uh, bedtime? I'm ready. Oh, I'm more than ready. I'm going to get back to that painting. What painting? What painting is that? The painting in my bedroom. A painting that talks in the night. Is he kidding me, Gray? No. What does he mean he can't wait to get back to the painting? He slept in my room last night. Nobody told me. You didn't ask. Why should I? Why would I? No reason, Emery. Well, what happened? The painting talked to me. You're kidding. No. No. The painting said that my wife would return to me. That I'm the only man she loves, or has ever loved, or ever will love. Gray, is he kidding me? I have only his word for what happened. Ah, uh, listen, uh, 
Let me sleep there tonight. Oh, no, no. You got to. No, I don't, and I don't intend to let you. Greg, did you tell Norman about what... Well, you know what I told you. I thought that was a confidence. It was, but now... Norman, listen to me. I met a girl. Met her in Acapulco. Norm, it's happened to me. Love. Real love. The kind you read about but never think will happen to you. Before dinner, I phoned all over trying to reach her, but what, I... What's all this got to do with where you sleep? Oh, don't you understand, for Pete's sake? I got to see if that painting will talk to me. Tell me if this girl loves me back. If I may interrupt... I don't see why I should give up that night. After all, it's my house and my bedroom and my painting. Darn right. You've had your experience with the painting, Norman... I'd say it's now Emery's turn. Ah, is he? Jensen, you'll take Mr. Whitehead's things out of my room, change the sheets, move Mr. Blaine's things in. I'll do that. Come on, Jensen. We'll do it together. All right. I suppose you're right. It seems only fair. Shame we had to have that little spat in front of Jensen. It's really not dignified to have personal disagreements in front of servants. Oh, Jensen is much more than a servant. Who is he, anyway? I I thought he was just somebody you hired. Oh, no. Jensen is my friend. I met him at a time when all my faculties were at a very low ebb. Chaos had enveloped me. He took my hand and tried to dispel the confusion, in so far as it could be dispelled. I had reached that point where how weary, stale, flat, and unprofitable seemed all the uses of this world. Shakespeare. Hamlet. Act One. Scene Two. unlikely case that you do not know or have forgotten Shakespeare's lines that precede those quoted by Gregory Chalmers, here they are. Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw, and resolve itself into a dew, or that the everlasting had not fixed his cannon against self-slaughter. So, what Gregory appears to have said is that Jensen, at some point in time, had saved him from suicide. We'll return shortly with Act Three. Affairs have been progressing in the strange house perched high above the Pacific Ocean. Norman Whitehead, sleeping in the bedroom of his host, Gregory Chalmers, has heard sounds and words of love seemingly emanating from a painting on the wall and has taken them to mean that his straying wife will return to him. Now, the other house guest, Mr. Emery Blaine, has demanded that he be allowed to occupy the same room. It is the following morning. Beautiful morning, sir. Beautiful, gentlemen. And the ocean... The ocean is forever asking questions and writing them aloud on the shore. I suppose I should know who wrote that, but I'm... Edward Arlington Robinson. The weekend has gone rather well, don't you think, with Chalmers? On the whole, 
I didn't like that little spat my two dear friends indulged in last night. About which of them should occupy your bedroom? I trust old Emery had good luck with the painting. His last chance, you might say? Yes. I believe they'll be leaving sometime this afternoon. Of course, they could stay on, but somehow I don't think they'll want to. I love them. Would you want me to drive them to the airport, Mr. Chalmers? Let's wait and see how things turn out. I do have other errands in that direction. So let's not rush matters. Good morning, all. Good morning to you both. Why, Emery, you look positively radiant. With reason, Gregory, with reason. Oh, something happened in the shadows of the night? I don't want to talk about it here now, but after I finish this coffee... Which is excellent, by the way, Jensen. I'm game for a walk on the beach. If you are, Greg. I'm always game. Those hundred steps don't phase me in the least this morning. Hundred and two. I can manage a thousand, both up and down. Let's go. As soon as Norman has put in an appearance. Oh. Well, why wait for that? Emery, I am the host. I have obligations. Well, Good morning. Morning, Norman. Sleep well? Well enough. Emery suggested a walk on the beach. Can he manage the steps? I can manage them all right. Don't you worry about that. You'll be all right here, Norman? Oh, certainly I'll be all right. More slice of Persian melon? I don't know how long we'll be gone. No, no matter. No rush. When I've uh, finished this delightful melon, uh, do you play gin rummy by any chance, Jensen? Yes, sir. Well, then you two take your walk. Forget me. Of course, Jensen will probably beat me all hollow. You navigated those steps like a young gazelle, Emily. Uh, I don't know what a gazelle is, but I certainly feel young. Feel like walking? <laughs> walking, running, skipping, paying leapfrog. You are rejuvenated. So, step out smartly. Right. Ah, uh, Gregory. The painting talked to me. Really? That old painting will talk to anyone. Now, don't joke about it. This is serious. Sorry. Don't you kid about it. But tell me what the painting said. Well, uh, for quite a while. About an hour, I should say. I didn't hear anything. I started to think, oh, well, the whole thing is just, well, you know, uh, auto-suggestion, something like that. Perhaps it is. But it's talk to you, not just Norman. Oh, I'm as capable of self-hypnosis as anyone else. Well, I'm not. I don't go in for those things. I see. No, this was real. I mean, it happened. I was just about to turn over and go to sleep and forget the whole thing when I heard her. Very low, but very distinct. The woman in the painting. Well, I suppose, but it was her voice. The girl you met in that book. The one and only. And what did she say, if you want to tell me? Of course I want to tell you. That's why I want to take this walk on the beach with you. All right. Tell me. 
You are the only man in the world for me. That's what she said. That's all? All? That's enough, isn't it? It's what I wanted to hear. And she kept saying it over and over. You are the only man in the world for me. You are the only man in the world for me. Emily, I'm very happy for you. Greg, you, uh, you want to see a picture of her? Love to. Just a snapshot. I took it in that poco. I carry it with me at all times. Here. She's lovely, isn't she? Lovely, Emily. Very, very lovely. It's just a cold buffet luncheon, I'm afraid. Jensen had some errands to do, so I had to lay it out myself. Yeah, Jensen probably went off to spend all the money he won from the gin. <laughs> I really took you on, Norman. There's vicious swells. How much, Norm? Oh, none of your beer. And a salmon mousse. That Jensen, he can do anything. With cucumber sauce. Where did Jensen go, Gregory? Well, he never left your side. Not often. Well, where is he? He had some errands to do, and that I believe he was meeting someone at the airport. He believes? Really? Don't you know? I know. Another guest. An uninvited guest. Uninvited? You two are the only invited guests I've had here since I moved in. There are fresh raspberries, if you care for some. Male or female, Gregory? There's brown sugar. I bet you it's a female. And sour cream. Okay. You don't want to tell us. Well, can't you see he doesn't? All right by me. There's only one woman I'm interested in, anyway. <laughs> Same here. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Gregory, I've run up quite a bill on your phone trying to reach Evelyn. No success. Evelyn? Hmm? Did you say Evelyn? Yes, that's my wife's name. Oh, that's funny. That's my girl's name. What girl? The only girl in the world for me. You want to see her picture? Not particularly. Oh, come on. I showed it to Greg. Yeah, she's beautiful. Come on, take a look at it. Of course, it's only a snap, but you can... This... Tell. This is your girl? Yeah. And according to the painting in Greg's this room... This can't be your girl. It is. This is my wife. Oh. Well, uh, Norm, I'm sorry. She did say she'd been married, but she's getting divorced. Oh, no, she's not. She told me. I don't care what she told you. She's not getting a divorce. She's coming back to me. No, she's not. The painting told me so night before last. I heard it. The painting told me last night she's mine. I'm the only man in the world for her, she told me. The painting told me over and over. I'm the only man she loves. You're a liar. I know what I heard. You didn't hear anything. You're an idiot. A fool. A self-deluding fool. I kill you. Take your hands off me, Norman. Out the light, honey. No, no, no. Go. My wife is coming back to me. My wife loves me. Look out for the railing. You're awfully close. Both of you. Now I'll have to have that railing repaired. This 
Mr. Chalmers. Mr. Chalmers, sir. Hmm? What? Time to wake up. Oh. Oh. Is it? Your regular time, sir. Well, well, then I will. Will the other gentlemen be staying for dinner, sir? They won't be here for dinner. Very good, sir. In point of fact, they've left. They left right in the middle of luncheon. Oh, there's nothing wrong with the menu, was there? Nothing at all. I ate a lusty portion of the salmon mousse. It was superb. But Mr. Whitehead and Mr. Blaine, they left rather precipitously, as a matter of fact. Everything's all right. Everything is as before. Open the shutters, Jensen, and let in the sound of the sea. Yes, sir. The healing sound of the sea. Mr. Whitehead and Mr. Blaine, I hope they left you on friendly terms with each other. I... I can't really say that they did. That's too bad, sir. Yes, it is too bad, really, but what could I do? Mr. Chalmers, did you know that a portion of that railing is broken through on the terrace? Is it? Oh, yes. I've been meaning to tell you about that. That's a nasty drop down to the ocean. Oh, yes. Very nasty. Mr. Chalmers, how are you feeling? Try and tell me the truth now. Sometimes you say you're feeling well, when really you're not feeling well at all. Do I do that? Yes, sir. You do quite often. I don't mean to. I know you don't, sir. But shouldn't I call the sanitarium? Tell them to make your old room ready for you? Don't you really think I should do that? Will you come with me? You know I will. Then call them. All right. Oh, before I do that, Mr. Chalmers, there's the matter of the young lady. You met her at the airport, did you? Yes, sir. And put her on the next plane out? Well... No, sir. Why not? She refused. She said she had to see you. She's upstairs now. But she knows all about me, doesn't she? Yes, sir. But I, I think you should talk to her. Try to explain one more time. It's that... a nuisance, that's what it is. Why does she persist? She says you're the only man in the world for her. Oh, all right, Ask her to come down and open some champagne. Would you like it served in here, sir, or on the terrace? You decide, Jensen. Whatever you think best. Very well, sir. Do you know what makes everything so sad, Jensen? So unutterably sad. What's that, sir? Evelyn is the only girl in the world for me. Always has been. Always will be. I could weep for the pity of it. And that's our story. And what it tells us about human nature. It is not insignificant 
that it all took place high above and close to the Pacific. It was the Polish sailor and novelist Joseph Conrad who wrote, I have known the sea too long to believe in its decency. I am not sure precisely what Mr. Conrad thought about human nature. I shall return shortly. happened to Evelyn? Did Jensen serve the champagne inside or on the terrace with the broken railing? What did Gregory say to her, she to him? What became of her? It is one mark of a good drama that the audience should think about the characters long after the curtain has fallen. So give a thought to Evelyn, who never got a chance to make her entrance upon the stage. Our cast included Gordon Heath, Robert Dryden, and William Griffith. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.